You're listening to Behind the Wheels with Doug Mason, Dave Walters, and Mike Yeagley. This is a show where we talk about heavy truck and medium-duty axolands. Doug, Dave, and Mike bring close to 100 years of experience and expertise in the transportation business. Join us once a month to learn new things about axolands. Sponsored by Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation. Well, welcome to another episode of Behind the Wheels. I'm Mike Gagley. I'm Doug Mason. I'm Dave Walters. So today we're going to be talking about finishes, wheel finishes. Now, when we were developing this program, this episode, we were going back and forth talking about what was the scope? How far do we want to go into this? Obviously, uh, the, the commercial vehicle wheels, that's where we knew we, we needed to talk. But we were also thinking about possibly going into auto wheel finishes. But there are literally dozens of auto wheel finishes out there. And that's just a little bit too much for one show. If you're interested, in hearing about auto wheel finishes, uh, we certainly have experience. So uh, drop us a line and let us know. But for this episode, we're just going to be focusing on the commercial vehicle wheels and the different finishes that are available out there. So focusing just on commercial vehicle wheel finishes, there are an awful lot of options. I'd like to start with steel wheels. Dave, you want to talk a little bit about what you see out in the field with steel wheel finishes? Ever since the industry kind of went to powder coat wheels, it gives you more life. Uh, the only issue that I see out in the field with the powder coat wheels, to re- refinish them, it's quite a different process. A lot of them have to use bake-off ovens to bake off the, the paint. And uh, that's a lot more than cost added when you add all these different processes into a refurb of a steel wheel. Yeah, you can do uh, a lot of different things. There's a lot of options out there for the steel wheel refinishing. Like you said, Dave, it really comes down to the amount of work you have to put into it. You have to fully remove that powder coat, as you were talking about. And that typically takes a blasting, sanding type of situation. And that takes most of the time that is required to refurb the wheel. And it's so important when you're refurbing the wheel to get all of that coating and back down to the base steel wheel. Or when you go to put that new coating on, it just won't last and won't be uh, will really be worth doing. And that cost of refurbing, like you said, we've looked into that when we're doing some cost benefits of, of aluminum wheels, obviously, and it can run you in the thirty to fifty dollar range per wheel. So you got to take that into account uh, when you're going to look at getting the steel wheels and, and how often you might need to refinish them and the overall cost to do that. One of the things that we see out there are simulators. Doug, you, you've looked at simulators a little bit over the years. You, you got any comments on those? Well, primarily, yeah, I've worked a lot in the medium-duty segment, and there's a fair use of them in that segment for RVs, for emergency vehicles, uh, that type of thing, and, and just a standard of a person who wants to make their wheel look brighter, look better. And, and that's what a simulator does. It basically covers up the steel wheel and gives you a nice, bright, shiny, chrome-plated look. It's basically a sheet metal. It's like a chrome-plated piece of sheet metal or plastic, typically sheet metal, that uh, goes over the stainless steel. It basically bolts to the wheel. It actually sort of fakes having a stainless steel or or, uh, aluminum wheels. It's sort of like a fake covering that goes over them, right? Yeah, and the, the main concern there is the fact that you don't know what's going on behind it. And that comes down to, again, the maintenance and taking care of it. You can get a false sense of security that everything looks great, but underneath, and Dave, I think you would have more experience on that as well, is what happens beneath that uh, 
stainless steel or chrome-plated uh, covering can be a concern, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you my take on simulators, and I, I've i done many studies, and fire departments used to use them, and I had to write out a couple letters and stating, okay, first of all, simulators cover up, you know, like if you had a broken stud or a loose nut or something like that, they cover up even like if you had a leaking wheel seal or something. And then the other big thing with simulators is they hold in the heat instead of like the aluminum wheel dissipates the heat. So here you're holding the heat in with this simulator. That's not a real good thing either. And, uh, you know, the cost of a simulator is not cheap and uh, they do rust out. You know, stainless steel is not supposed to, but in our conditions and the roads, they, they do rust out. So once you give them the whole story on them, why spend $195 or $200 on a simulator when you can buy a real aluminum wheel for just a little bit more and never have all these issues? So we converted most of the fire truck companies over to aluminum wheels just by stating facts. So that gets into when we're talking about, and this is where we're going to spend most of our time talking about the uh, aluminum wheel and the different kinds of aluminum wheels that are out there. The polished wheels are the most common type of aluminum wheels in the North American market. In the plant, you know, we're looking at a lot of different things. When we're making wheels and we're polishing them and something goes wrong, we do a lot of measurements on the wheels, uh, things like roughness and waviness and gloss and and there's just so many things you can measure on an aluminum wheel on the, the way it reflects light. But that's primarily to help us identify which part of the manufacturing process that we're having a problem. For example, if you have a lot of waviness or something, you, you might be, let's say you have a lot of roughness on the, on the wheel. That's going to tell you you probably have a problem either in machining or, or uh, you can have some idea where to look. But out in the field, you don't need that level of detail. What do you tell customers, Dave, when they're looking at a wheel and they're trying to understand the difference between one kind of polish and, and another kind of polish? What's your guidance? Well, mo most of the time, fleets kind of have an idea what where they want to go, but I always love to go in when we have wheel pieces and samples of different polishes. You know, I love to go in and say, okay, this is this polish, this is this polish, and kind of say, hey, this is... You know, what are you looking for? You know, it's nice to give these customers a lot of options. I always tell truck salesmen, take them out and here you have a lot of brand new trucks. Show them the different wheels out there and they'll be able to kind of choose what they want to do. But each one of those wheels have advantages and disadvantages. So understand that. And isn't it fair to say typically as well, you know, the amount of work we put into a wheel to make it look brighter and brighter and brighter, and that's just really gives you a, a range really of the cost that you're going to run into as well, all the way up to the finish uh, of the Durabrite finish, which we'll maybe talk about in a little bit, that would, would seal in that look for the long term. I guess what I would always tell the customers is a polished wheel looks fantastic. You better go in with an understanding to keep that wheel mm -hmm. looking good without using Durabrite or, or something else. Um, it's going to take some work, and they kind of have to know that. So, I mean, you always would go to, like, a mid-American truck show and see a lot of polished wheels, and those guys spent a lot of time doing that. So if you're a person that don't really want to do that type of work, 
I would always tell them, you know, you can maintain the look by putting like a coat of car wax on them. But sooner or later, you're going to have to do some buffing and polishing, and that's that's some effort. So just kind of know the different things, and that's why I really believe that Durabrite has been a great scenario in this business. Just to give a little explanation perhaps for people as well, you know, obviously a steel wheel, it needs to be coated. It has to be coated or it begins rusting, and everybody knows what rust looks like. When you go to a polished aluminum wheel that's a raw aluminum, what really happens is you get an oxide that starts building up and it gets thicker and thicker and thicker over time. And what that does is it takes you from a very bright shine, which has no oxide. You're getting a look at the raw aluminum in the high polished state. And as the oxidation occurs, it becomes a little duller, a little duller, a little duller, a little duller. And so what you're really doing to bring that back, and that's what we're talking about polishing, Dave, and we can maybe talk a little bit more about that too, is that removes that, uh, that outside oxide layer and allows you to see that bright shine of the raw aluminum again. Yeah, and, and again, as I tell people, there's many ways of going about that in the field. And uh, there's companies that actually make machines that you can, you know, that tire dealers and some truck dealers are buying. You can take your wheel to them, and this machine's a, actually a machining cell. Machines them back to, like, polished, like, brand new. You know, now there's a cost involved there. When you do something like that, the big thing about it is the roll stamp. According to the DOT, if that roll stamp is gone in the wheel, that wheel is basically out of service. They require that information, some of the information on the roll stamp. And if it's not there, that wheel's deemed not roadworthy by the Commercial Vehicle Safety Association. So just keep that in mind too when you take your wheel to one of these polishers. Make sure they're reparable. Make sure they do a good job because if they screw your wheel up, uh, you could be in DOT violation. You bring up a good point too, Dave, that at this time, when your wheel, whether it's a steel wheel or an aluminum wheel, and it gets to the point where it needs to be refurbished, and not only the DOT, which is very important, but you know, in a previous episode, we talked about different things that would put you uh, a wheel out of service. This is a prime time to be looking for all of those situations, whether it's uh, you know a, a crack or an out-of-round condition, whatever it might be. Just refer others to maybe go back to some of our previous podcasts where we discuss those inspection uh, criteria, and this is a good time to do it when you're refurbing a wheel. Well, one of the things, a little bit more detail on that, is that the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standard, the FMVSS, is what the government puts out and tells us as wheel manufacturers what needs to be on our wheels. Pretty much every country in the world has some version of this. The government says that you must have some markings on the wheel. If you take it into a polished cell and that polisher gets a little bit aggressive with that polish and takes that roll stamp out, takes that marking out where you can't read it anymore, then that wheel, like Dave said, that wheel is no longer compliant to the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standard, the FMVSS. And once you're not compliant with FMVSS, that's a federal government requirement. That is one of the laws that every wheel on the road for commercial vehicles has to have those markings. Once you take that off, that's no longer a legal wheel. That wheel has to be taken out of service. Be careful. I, I can't overstate what Dave brought up earlier about being careful with who you go to with those. When they start putting out the machines, if you're going to polish by hand, you know the chances of taking that off 
are pretty slim, but once you bring machines out, you need to be careful. You know, we have our own terminology. You know, the different marketing groups have their own terminology for the different kinds of polishes out there. Dave, there's really like two groups of wheels. When customers are looking at finishes, they call them either machine finishes or polish finishes. Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, the terminology in the field is really machine finished or, or polished. And they understand you have a polished wheel, there's going to be more care and maintenance to it, even on your washes. If you have a polished wash, like you go to some of these truck washes, and it's really funny because they know if they got a polished wheel that if they put certain acids and stuff, it's going to take it down completely. Where a machine finished wheel, a lot of the, the, the customers who run machine finished wheels will use acid at the truck washes and stuff more than the polished guys. Because if the polished guys use it, it takes the finish or it dulls them up right away. So, I mean, there's issues. And as we try to tell people, uh, you know, the great thing about wheels is there's a lot of choices. So you kind of get to pick and choose what you want. That, that's a good thing. One of the things that we've talked about is uh, the different kind of refurbishment. And I think we touched on this already, but there's some TMC RPs out there for refurbishment for like pitting and repolish. Anything you want to say about those, Dave? Yeah, I mean, at TMC, when the fleets come, the great thing about TMC, the Technology and Maintenance Council, fleets will say, is there any criteria on like pitting? It was more of a pitting on steel wheels. How bad can they be pitted before you don't want to refinish them? That's a great RP just to kind of give you guidelines of before you send them in, kind of have a guideline of what you think is going to be done. The repolishing one was really nice because we kind of lay out all the issues of repolishing. You know, we lay out the rule stamp. We talk about some polishers get a lot of washout when they do polishing, and we have pictures in there of what that is and kind of go through the criteria. These are very useful kind of before you make that decision of, okay, if I'm going to do this, what, what do I got to look for and what are some of the things I, I need to know? So, Doug, you want to take a crack at trying to verbally explain what washout is? Yeah, I mean, really, washout is where you're, you've just basically over-polished or buffed a certain area, and you're going to get basically an indentation. And one of the main areas of concern there is, is on the hub itself. As you're buffing in the bolt hole area, it's easy to catch and create, I'll call them divots, if you would, or then you no longer are going to have a flat contact surface. And that's a, a critical situation, both from a mounting surface situation to, of the wheel to the hub, and also for the uh, wheel nuts that are going to be, they're supposed to be flat washers on a flat surface. And if that isn't the case, then you may not be getting the, the torque that you're expecting. You can have other issues as well. So you got to watch out for the washout, as you're saying. I'm going to take a crack at trying to you know, visualize. If you look at a bolt hole when, on a brand new wheel, it's going to be effectively just a drilled through hole that goes straight down. The edges are going to be nice and 90 degrees between the wall of the hole, the bore of the hole, and the face of the wheel. As you get washout, what it looks like is the direction of the 
pads that they use to polish. It creates sort of like a teardrop with the old hole being at the fat end of the teardrop, and it sort of tapers off to whatever that direction is. And what you get is, like Doug said, like a divot that goes down into the wheel on that surface in that teardrop shape. And so when you put the bolts on, when you put your your nuts on, I should say, when you put your nuts on, they're not getting contact in that area of that teardrop that it's dropped away where the material is washed away, the washout is. And so you're not going to get the kind of contact forces, uh, the kind of retention that you think you're getting once you start seeing the washout on those bolt holes. So that's something really very dangerous, and you really need to watch out for that. Let's talk a little bit about the different coatings out there on the aluminum wheels. Let me jump the, on the, that real quick, Mike, because the aluminum alloys that are used, I think this is one of the most important things, is that it's a heat-treatable alloy. And again, we've talked about this on a previous uh, podcast. Those who are interested to get in more detail can go back and look at that. But the fact is, is that you can basically take these wheels to too high a temperature, and it'll cause you to lose your strength. And that's obviously a very important thing to know and and becomes a a major concern if you obviously overbake them, if you want to say that in that regard. So when there is like an acrylic coating on the wheel, and there are sometimes acrylic clear coats on certain aluminum wheels that are out there, and people will try to refurbish them with another acrylic clear coat, and those usually have to go through a bake-off oven. You can be very careful of that situation. There's also colored paints that are out there on different uh, wheels that you have to be very careful if you're trying to rework them, that you do not put them through a a bake-off oven. So I guess that would be the main point on coatings. And there's a difference between coatings. I know Alcoa wheels has something called, uh, we talk about Durabrite being a surface treatment, which is different than a coating. Either one of you guys want to take that one on, Doug? Yeah, sure. The Durabrite, again, it's it's a proprietary uh, process, so there's not a whole lot we can say about it, but it really is not a coating per se. A coating basically lays on top, and it really has, the bonding is not integral, I'll call it, because when we talk about a surface treatment, it actually becomes part of that surface. So the Durabrite is not a coating that really lays on top. It's more of a treatment that interfaces with the base aluminum. It goes into the aluminum, right? Right. It's like a conversion layer. Correct. And so you're using the the, the scientists who worked this up were able basically to create uh, an aluminum oxide situation where you could transition from the wheel itself to the uh, surface treatment that we're putting on that then allows for a clear look, but also in, in a sense pre-corrodes it, but you can't see it. It's clear and it keeps that surface uh, bright obviously the Durabrite name, without being just a surface coating that can then have corrosion that gets underneath the coating and and grows, which people see. That's the difference between the surface treatment and then a typical, let's say, acrylic clear coat type of coating. So one of the things when I'm talking to customers about those acrylic clear coats and the difference between an acrylic clear coat and a Durabrite surface, like you said, Doug, an acrylic clear coat sits on top, and that corrosion can get underneath that and between the aluminum and the paint. And so it sits, it goes underneath the paint, and you'll see this. It looks like uh, white snowflakes almost. Uh, it's called filiform corrosion. And it sort of grows. If you scratch the surface of an acrylic clear coat, you're going to start getting that corrosion growing underneath that paint. And if you go out to any parking lot with automotive, uh, with cars in there, you just go look at the wheels on a car and you'll see that filiform corrosion on an older vehicle. 
you'll start seeing that filiform corrosion. Typically, it'll start around any sort of edge, uh, edge condition on the wheel. You'll get the same thing with any acrylic clear coat. What Durabrite does, like Doug was saying, it's got that transition layer where it's partly Durabrite, it's partly aluminum, and so there's no way for the corrosion to get underneath that between the aluminum and the Durabrite. And so when you scratch Durabrite, the corrosion stays in that scratch, and you can't even see it. It doesn't grow away from that. If you scratch acrylic, it'll grow underneath it, and you'll see that growth. But on a Durabrite, it keeps looking good, even though it's scratched. Now, Dave, you've dealt with an awful lot of people trying to maintain their Durabrite wheels. What do you tell them? The biggest thing about Durabrite is you want to clean a Durabrite you know, with a pH between 3 to 10. So any of the harsher acids or the higher alkalines, there's really nowhere where you want to be. So you want to be anywhere from 3 to 10. So you always try to tell them, make sure when you're doing the washes that they're between pH levels between 3 and 10. That's very critical in the Durabrite world. Other issues about Durabrite is it's a great coating. You know, we've had customers, uh, you know, run it through gravel pits and mines and they're hauling gravel and the gravel gets in there and starts, if the gravel gets in there and starts beating on the coating, you're really beating on the outside of the wheel. We call that sandblasting. And I was always amazed. Coal truck guys love them because they get them really dirty, but they're not going through like you know, gravel pits or something. And just with soap and water, when they take the pressure washer, they look great. You know, you got to understand that, that Durabrite is a coating. You got to treat it a lot like paint. And when you tell somebody that, try to understand that. So don't get too aggressive on trying to clean them. Uh, understand if you are going through corrosive endeavors and it's going to beat up like paint. So, I mean, been great success where clear coats in the heavy duty truck world is really not done very well. Durabrite has been the answer, and, you know, as, as we go down the road, just education. More education to the consumer so they know what to use and when to use it. Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about Duraflange? Because that's another surface treatment that's out there that Alcoa Wheels puts out to take care of uh, some specific issues out there in the field. You know, Rimflange, where it's odd because I've been the Alcoa Wheels for about 32 years now, and I remember when I came there, Two engineers that was there said, you'll never solve rim flange wear ever, period. So why do we even think about it? Well, luckily, we thought, okay, rim flange wear was created when radial tires was invented. Radial tires flex a lot. They flex over and they start to wear that part of the rim down. So in certain applications that haul heavy and they haul, you know, maybe liquids, you know, they haul off-road a lot, the stuff gets in there and really starts to wear down that rim. So we came up with a coating that we can put on the outside of that wheel, basically protect that flange. And it just has performed awesome in the conditions that these guys really needed it. So it's done really well for us. And I really kind of think back to the beginning when they're like, you'll never solve it. Well, kind of solved it. So that's pretty good. It's just a great thing. It's really maintenance free. It's really worked well when you have rim flange wear issues. All right. What are the kinds of maintenance issues that you see with Duraflange? 
There's Are there no, any problems with them? You know, sometimes you get some uh, corrosion, and most of the time that they get the severe corrosion, it's the application the trucks are going into. It's really funny because even when it pits, it doesn't go away. So you're trying to really educate the customer, like, hey, you got to wash your truck sometimes. <laughs> you, you, you really do. I mean, and get that stuff off of there. I mean, people that's hauling through different types of stuff, you, you just go some days like, wow, don't you think that stuff is, uh, you know, fly ash, for example. You know, we have a lot of people that was hauling fly ash, and that's very corrosive material. So a lot of them ran Duraflange, but they never washed the trucks, or and that stuff bakes on there, fits into there, and you go, okay, but it was still there. That's what I kept telling them. It's still there. It's just you need to do some work to it. And finally got them to do it, and life's pretty good. So there's really not a lot of maintenance to rim flange wear. That's why customers like it. You know, if you have that issue, again, another option. Right. So we've had a chance to talk a little bit about all the different coatings and surface treatments and uh, some of the issues with finishes on wheels. We've talked about, of course, some of the steel wheel stuff with the powder coating. We've talked about simulators. We've talked about aluminum wheels, acrylic, clear coat, Durabrite, Duraflange. And then, of course, there are all sorts of different polish options out there. Some of them look real bright. Some of them look a little bit more dull. Some of them are sort of a brushed type finish. Everybody is going to have their own requirements. Everybody's going to have their own needs. Every application also, you know, depending on how much you want to spend. I guess our only guidance is you need to be familiar with all the different products out there. Be familiar with your product, whatever finish you're putting on there, whatever finish you choose to put onto your vehicles, and make sure you reference the manufacturer guidance when you're looking at how to maintain that. Any final comments from either one of you guys? Just uh, maintenance. Make sure you know you understand what your preventive maintenance needs to be, and you'll get uh, much longer lives out of any of these uh, finishes and that we've been talking about. So that's the important thing. I guess my final comment is there's a lot of choices on the market. Please understand that there are choices and there's reasons why we make a variety of different types of wheels, coatings, you know, different things. And if you get educated on that, hopefully you'll make the right choice to put those wheels on your truck and life will be good. And again, as Doug said, there is maintenance even. So try to understand all that. Go in with your eyes open. Mm -hmm. Well, hey. Thanks, guys, and thank you all for joining us on another episode of Behind the Wheels. So we'll see you next time. Sponsored by Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation, manufacturing, and technology. Inventing the first forged aluminum wheel in 1948, its team of experts continue to develop the most lightweight, efficient, and high-performing commercial vehicle aluminum wheel products bringing you revolutionary innovations like Alcoa Durabright wheels, Alcoa Durablack wheels, the new Alcoa wheels hubboard technology, and the lightest truck wheel on the market, Alcoa Ultra One 22 and a half by eight and a quarter wheel. Alcoa wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation.